Hello, I'm Jacob Sunyol. I work at Abbott. I want to invite you to the Ragnative EU conference in Wrocław in Poland, September 7 and 8. I will be speaking about the Ragnative in healthcare. Hope you join me and many other folks and see you there. Hello, everyone. Welcome in another The Ragnative Show podcast. Uh, in the past couple of weeks, I have recorded an episode with Matt Hargett about the technology and Ragnative and uh, bringing the words of business and technology together. This week, we are continuing this trend. We are continuing this team. And to help me do that, I invited my friend from Colstack, Ada Gavrysiak, who is our um, account management lead. Hi, Ada. How are you? Hi, everyone. I'm doing good. Thank you. And Ada will help me um, to introduce and to interview our guest with 20 years of experience with transforming different pharmaceutical and medical device businesses, uh, Jacob Suniol. Hello. Uh, so Jacob, how are you? Can you uh, say a few words about yourself? What what you do normally? What is your career? Yeah, sure. So I'm very good. Uh, nice to visit you here at the, at the studio. Um, I'm an engineer as a background. I, uh, I help companies transform into digital and like uh, bring uh, those new technologies uh, there. So I've been in, in multiple pharma and medical device industries. Also, I started my own business. And uh, what else I can say, I mean, uh, I've been always uh, around React and JavaScript. Uh, I mean, always means for the last, uh, since 2017, uh, before was too early for people to adopt uh, mm -hmm. the technology and before the typical, I mean, I started with uh, Pascal doing robots. So it's kind of something that you will not do an app now, but uh, that's definitely a, a case. And yeah, so that's, um, I work at Abbott now. Um, I manage uh, the digital team for the diabetes division and, uh, and we build applications on React Native. Uh, mostly to help our patients uh, bring their glucose from the center to the app. Okay, thanks for the introduction. The Pascal thing is a recurring theme on this uh, uh, on this series because the last time I did a podcast about technology and business, Matt also started as a uh, with Pascal. Like I, I feel like this is the language, like entry language for. I mean, there was a moment that there was Pascal or nothing at that time. I would <laughs> and say C. and C. But like Pascal was more fancy, and and I also did courses of PHP, so I was teaching PHP a long time ago. But I'm less proud. I think Pascal is more fancy now. I would say so. Is it okay? Uh, with that introduction, thanks thanks for this. We will jump into our topic, and our topic for today is React Native at scale in healthcare, in business, in transforming businesses. So, the first question that I have for you is. Uh, during your work as a CTO and uh, as a director of product development in large organization, have you noticed any recurring challenges that uh, such businesses struggle with and both as they grow and as they reach the enterprise level? Yes. Uh, out of my experience, there is always similar challenges. So everything starts with, uh, oh, we want to do more things and, and we want to scale. And, and there are scaling problems, then uh, 
they, they want to move into Agile. Agile, Agile is kind of the world and how we can do that. And it's not about Scrum and just applying like, oh, I installed Jira, I have Jira right now, I have a license, uh, what else? And then one of the biggest problems always, and it seems like uh, busy, but like all those silos and communications, more you grow the team, more problems they have to talk to each other. And uh, and finally, there is always this, oh, but you are op- using an open source. And what's, uh, what's this? Where is the license where I have to pay for it? So they really struggle on like security and all those constraints that they are not used to to move into that direction. And and finally, it's about like how you engage with uh, third parties because you, you have your team and they have some experience and how you bring this new talent on board and and get you to the next level. So that's that's kind of recurring always on, on all the organizations that have the, these type of problems. Yeah, so I, I think you already um, touched on this with the open source, right? But uh, like more broader, how does React Native uh, fit into this picture of scaling problems in large organizations? I mean, on, on React Native, and, and that's, I always put the same example. Look, uh, when uh, when we were like uh, in the woods and, and we were trying to kind of uh, feed ourselves, we we started uh, taking a stone and breaking, and it, it was a tool. And with this tool, we improved the tool and uh, we were able to then uh, get better knives and, and better tools and, and do better tasks. And technology is the same. So we talk about Pascal and, and we talk about React Native. So new tools and better tools to create perfect tasks. So this is kind of the evolution of tooling, and it's not bad one or the other. It just that helps do whatever you want to do in a in a in a better piece, and it's part of our kind of I would say human evolution on on that sense. It's exactly the same. So React Native really thought to to solve those type of problems. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's a right tool for a job, and with better tools, we can uh, solve large problems better. Yes. So uh, at the end, how you the tools you use, it will set up the way you work in many cases, and React Native it, it really helps to to make this happen. And and we can deep dive into why React Native and and there are other technologies, but today we are on on the React show. So, but the idea behind is React Native. It's hard not to to not build components. So it's hard not to separate your code. It's hard not to reuse. So you enforce reusability. Mm-hmm. You enforce being able to refresh and see what you are doing. And uh, and then you avoid all these problems of, oh, I need to make the build. And in many big corporations, like doing a build process, it's kind of the event of the year. Like I'm doing the, <laughs> the build. Yes. And it yeah. may take one, two, three weeks. With this, you cannot be agile because it means I do something and then in three weeks, I see the... Uh, the baking process, mm-hmm. and in React, it's it's refreshed instantly. So you change one button, one color, and you see on your screen. So this helps be super fast. And it's not from a technology because you are fast. It's because it allows you to iterate more times. And and that's really one of the, the strengths of, of React on that side. And there are other uh, things that we can talk about. Yeah, I think something that you mentioned there, uh, it's like this uh, Conway law is that the organizational structure will um, impact your product development, will impact how your product is architectured uh, at low level because different teams will get different pieces of the 
implementation and they will like be owner of that piece. And there is the inverse convey, uh, convey law, which says that the technology that you choose on the low level can impact your organizational structure. Yeah, so th- that's, that's definitely the case. So let's put one thing. So imagine that you are working on a technology that all the other people that uh, needs to work in a part of the code, they need to wait for, for this person to finish. Yeah. So these, and, and the, those, those exist. This happens that then you cannot scale up the teams. You cannot really organize a team. So you end up like putting 40 people into a team <laughs> in, or like 50 people or even more. Like, And I've seen uh, crazy things. What happens in, in React is that each one has their own scope. And it's so powerful being on scope because you are you focus into one single part. You get deep into into this part. So there's people that maybe they are just focusing on on the small interaction in a button or like a small window, like a, kind of the same concept that you treat on the super apps, but just in one single app. And mm-hmm. and this helps to split the teams and be independent and work. Uh, without having to take care of what's going on there. Later, there is integration, obviously, but at least you can start advancing. And with this, you structure the teams differently. And I mean, it's in, in many cases, things are common sense. So, and everyone knows that, like, you want to organize a dinner. If you organize a dinner with five to six friends, it's easy. We choose a restaurant, we go there. If you want to organize a wedding with uh, <laughs> 40 people, like 100 people, yeah. Not everyone will like, oh, do you want this place or do you want this place? In software development, is the same. A team of eight will like manage, oh, we will do this functionality. This will be the architecture. We will agree on this. A team of 80 people, it will be too much to, to make the product. Yeah, and I feel like with number of people at the party or in the team, the problems, the issues, they don't grow linearly uh, with the team size, but almost like exponentially. Like uh, you have to think about all of those other things then if you have the teams this size or wedding uh, size of 150 people as opposed to like dinner for six. So definitely. So you need to focus in small tasks and you can iterate and improve these pieces instead of like focusing on, on the big picture altogether and you never reach an agreement. And also from a team dynamics, when you are in a party of 40 most of the people are shy and they don't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. So they don't voice out. When you're in a small team, in a, in a React team that are around eight to 10 people, there is this dynamic of everyone can like give their opinion and, oh, I will uh, implement this way or I will change this part. So just by changing the way you structure the teams, you create this, this well-like behavior inside the team that many people that are more introverts, and I'm an introvert too, so it won't work. It's just 40 people. Why I need to talk? There are like 39 that can do their own piece. So and yeah. this dynamic, everyone thinks the same. And at the end, no one talks. This actually leans in very well into my next question. Uh, we were talking about um, collaboration, right? And like talking with each other. So that's like encouraging collaboration. So what what are the strategies that you can employ, that you can use to make people work well together? I mean, 
when you when you make the the team small, you have this dynamic that you trust each other. You kind of know them. You can spend more time, even in in the morning meeting, you can spend more time asking, how are you? If you do with like teams, this dynamic doesn't get. And with this, it gets the trust and you cover each other. And that's part of the company culture. Like if you have a small team, you are eight, you cover each other, you take care of each other. And, and it's like, oh, it's just because we are using React. No, it's not because we are using React, but like, all those pieces enforced together to make this this new team dynamic. And at the end, it's about communication. So if I trust and I know, for example, Ada, what she's doing today and what she's doing there, she has a struggle, I will jump into helping her. If it's 40 people, I will go home and I don't care because I don't <laughs> know. The, I mean, that's a reality. Yeah, yeah, It's being a number or like being part of a team and and this sentiment of belonging. And You'll, you lose the personal connection yeah. when the team grows. And with personal collection gets better communication. Uh, you know exactly what the team is doing. The scope is smaller, so you can deep dive into the problem. So you know exactly what's doing there. It's this specialization that we are all searching, how you be the best into, into this problem. And I believe it's worth then thinking how React Native helps here, because then... It's also easier communication when everyone is using the same methodology, the same language. And if you're going native or have different setups, then also it doesn't help communication, right? That people have different languages. They don't know what is happening on Android team. Sometimes it doesn't know what is happening on them iOS side of things. And here, how that helps to, to have it I mean, common. It's always kind of, if, imagine that you, you speak to me in Polish and I speak to you in Spanish. <laughs> if the communication will be will be tough. And and the same happens if uh, you, you are like writing in Kotlin and I'm writing on Swift or like on the other way around. I can, over time, I will be able to understand you, but this will not work. When, when you are like multi-platform, I mean, not everything it will be shared between because there is some always native parts. But at the end, we have a common ground. We all advance to the same piece, and and this helps this dynamic of being able to to share. And it's, it's just a programming language, but it's kind of the same as a language. You're talking to a machine, and and I want to share some code. It's it's easy. I I feel like it's not even a same language. It's like a set of common practices. It's a set of common philosophy, like like you said, components, uh, encapsulation. Um, language as well but then mm, going to your example with like speaking polish and speaking spanish uh we can have smaller team teams from from that 40 person team we will split them into smaller teams that are function oriented so that we don't talk about the whole product perspective with all of those people we can split those teams into smaller teams that are focusing, like you said, on smaller functionality. Let's have one team work on a button, right? And changing the color of the button. And the next team can work on the API communication. And at the same time, they still have the same common language. They can still interact with each other and check each other PRs and stuff like that. And and they have the common ground rules. And, and that's the important part. So... When you don't have these common ground rules, for example, oh, where where uh, Ada put this 
this component and I need to spend like one hour searching into multiple hundreds of files where it is. How I will like expose this API? What's the all this part? It's it's well set in 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 React Native. So mostly all the project it's set in a way that you know exactly where to find things, how how to share, and by sharing and being able to expose your code to other people, more eyes can look and challenge it. So instead of me as a single contributor like getting this part of code that no one understands, this black box. I can do a pull request and people will understand because in many cases, if it's not really readable, uh, the pull request, it's kind of magic because you need to go through and it's like, what, uh, what is this file? What is it making? In, in React, it's, it's more structured and, and you have more pieces to, to get this common ground on top, of, on top of the language. So I think that's the, the two main benefits. And, and I always tend to compare this with language and culture. So if we have the same language and the same culture, we will be able to understand each other and, and get to the same common ground. Yeah, yeah. So I guess like we, we can summarize this part by saying that React Native, uh, React, no, maybe not React Native, maybe it is uh, actually. So React and React Native uh, allow us to create teams that can talk with each other but don't have to because they understand each other's PRs. And like, it's easier to understand someone's code than to have someone explain your code written in some other language, some other platform, stuff like that. Um, maybe we can move on from like the React part, from the technology part, to like um, Teams organization uh, or organization organization uh i was going to ask you from your experience uh how does react native facilitate agile development practices in large organizations so we touched briefly at the beginning i think one important piece when when we talk about react native it's we need to see this as only a tool but by changing the the tools that you are using it just set up a different ground for the teams and a different culture. And I always, and, and I think that's an important concept. It's this will not improve your code by, by default, but it will help create a different team dynamics. If you have a big team that has been using the same technologies and the same stack, same way of working, you put them into a React Native or React and, and, and you change the way that they are building uh, the code. And suddenly they cannot work in teams of 40 people. In React, it's very weird to, to have like such a big team. So you can start splitting those teams naturally. And, and then suddenly those teams start to be specialized because each one owns some components. And instead of being two different mainstreams of iOS and Android, you have one team that do crafting, one team that do customer interactions or another one that does anything else. And it just happens naturally because you are specializing by the tool. It like it has been always this way. So if if you have different tools, you work in a different way. You don't cut the same with a small knife than with a big knife. And and yeah. that's that's the thing. It's it just puts everyone in a in a in a different perspective. And also the the brain works differently because you have the file structure different. You can work in parallel. You see more dynamic um, how the others are doing. Merging code is not such a nightmare or like less, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> depends, yeah. on the, depends on the code. <laughs> yeah, depends on the code. But 
it it helps this this way of agility just embrace agility and agility it's, and and that's something that i need to be clear like agility and it's not about like going and and putting scrum or like oh i'm i'm agile i'm and do sprints and then you do sprints like you do one you do like 20 sprints plan and oh i already have like my sprint for the year this is not agility Agility is how you work on the day-to-day and how you can pivot and how the dynamics between the teams. You may not need like any like SaaS tool to do that. You may just uh, put post-its. The importance is the dynamics between the teams and and, and, mm-hmm. and how you pivot and how you all improve like the small pieces together. I think you tackled here a very important issue that we observe in big enterprise organizations that sometimes the change comes other way around for the enterprises and someone says, let's go agile, let's implement safe. And they just follow the structure by the book, not leaving enough space for flexibility. And what I'm hearing from you is to just think about changing perspective and more a mindset of working in agile way and think about the importance of team setup, the product structure. And that's think in line how we understand that to think how agile also fits your goals, fits your desired architecture, and then take the base from it, but make it fit your organization, right? Yeah, so, and and that's that's the thing. So, and now it's less trendy agile or still maybe is, but like five, six years ago, everyone wanted to be agile because they saw that like startups are doing agile and they're creating these amazing innovative products. So they said, oh, they are doing agile, then let's train everyone into Agile. They will know what Scrum, what uh, to do a sprint, and everyone will do a sprint. And then suddenly they realize, oh, we are not doing we are not doing the same products as uh, some of the startups. But Agile, it's not the sprint part; it's the culture, the dynamics, and 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 by this, it's kind of the developer experience, and and that's an important piece. We really need to take care of the employees, and 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 how is this amazing? Uh, Kind of experience of, of working on agile is about the dynamics it's about like i feel that i am part of the team and i'm empowered by the team and i can see the others what they are doing i'm learning i'm challenging the others and this is the dynamic of agile it's not the scrum in fact it's the thing that you care less it's uh, it's those tools that helps you like make these dynamics and and people that needs to be super motivated into into that so I want to propose a challenge because <laughs> what you are saying right now, the benefits of React Native uh, in like agile transformations, I can see a two parts to this. So one part is the common uh, structure, um, common set of values, common, common dictionary. And that doesn't have to be React Native or React. That could be just a huge project in iOS. And everyone then has the same mindset, has the same um, dictionary, right? So how would you differentiate between the impact of common understanding versus React Native specific to Agile transformation? And I want to. Say- and uh, sorry, I don't want to like argue against my my favorite technology, which is React Native. I just I, I'm just trying to understand how much of that benefit is just impacted by 
all of us, all of developers using the same technology, regardless if it's React Native or not. So, and, and I don't want to go against uh, iOS or seems like uh, <laughs> um, Swift. I've been doing Swift and I really like uh, to, I think from a React Native perspective first, is like for for big companies, it's mostly impossible to only do an iOS app. Because oh, yeah. you need to do multi-platform. That's, that's by default. So with this in mind, imagine that we are in a perfect world as you were describing, that there is only, I mean, a perfect world, but like th there is only iOS development. So you are like shipping versus a React Native. The benefit of multi-platform, you will not have it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But then on... Um, on, on React, you have tons of community-driven plugins, tons of ways and best practices. Also, it's JavaScript. And I mean, it's not the uh, perfect language, but to do some prototyping, it, it's not. Uh, it's easier on that side. You can also bring it into the web and do a React application, check it out, and then put it into native. And it's the same technology the same developers can write, uh, write on it then the community behind that we've been talking and, and hopefully we'll talk more You can learn the code that the other people are doing and apply some of those patterns and get into this side. So definitely, I mean, it's it's not just about like the native or non-native part. Mm -hmm. It's about the tools, about the community, about the structure because you get those as, as small components, the dynamics about the team and you just get organized and, and the thinking in a, in a different way. Okay. Um, I guess we covered the agile transfer. Thanks for answering this. Like this was really uh, important. Uh, you touched on something there in the, in the answer about open source. Yes. So let's, let's maybe move into the open source. Uh, how, large organization can benefit from open source part, open sourcing parts of their code and maybe what are the legal implications of using open source in, in products such as healthcare products so I, I always start when we talk about open source and one thing is licensing and the other thing is open source and this needs to be very clear for everyone so JavaScript by design is open source because you don't build it so you can see the source mm -hmm. kind of the the benefit and and each corporation needs to kind of align into their their own uh, licensing uh, strategy that's a different thing so if it's MIT or other licenses so that's one thing but from an open source community the important piece here is that you are so nowadays technology is so complex and it goes so fast that you cannot rely only on your own resources to build an app from the ground. So you cannot implement a craft library. You cannot implement like a, an onboarding or a payment system. You need to bundle things together. And an engineer is someone that picks something that has been built before and improve it over time. And that has been all historically given. So when uh, someone builds a car, they don't invent the wheel i mean yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> they they took like some some ideas from the wheel and then maybe they improved they put like narrow or they put like uh, different ties and that's building a car and it's the same for building an app so you you take this community and then you build things and for like this process if things we want to to improve later if you find that some library is not working correctly 
then you you don't fix it on your own. You 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 kind of uh, in the car you will see, you will call the guy that the car. Hey, your your wheel is square. Uh, I, I will suggest like put like some round corners on it, <laughs> and then they fix it, and everyone like gets corner uh, radius fifty yes. percent. <laughs> corner radius fifty percent, like, and then you you get this improvement, and and that's this part of the dynamic. On on top, if you, this is kind of the basics ground, but if you are like at the end, everyone is attracting talent, mm-hmm. and and everyone wants the best developers or uh, or. Or, or get uh, to work with them. And by giving back and giving in, you just create this dynamic and, and they put you on on the spot on like, hey, we do you really, what you are doing? And, and they test. And people like to work with people that has similar thinking. Mm-hmm. And by this dynamic of uh, on the community base, you get this, this sense of belonging. On the front of employing best talent, I think it can be also said that when using open source, you are employing the best talent because someone already spent hours and hours polishing that particular library, React Native or like React Navigation or anything like that paper. (laughs) But And you don't have to employ them directly, but you are using their work. And then if you can give back and maybe improve on that work, maybe add something from yourself, you engage with this uh, person, you engage with the community and you build this bond that uh, I'm using parts of your code, but I'm also like contributing to it. And and that's the case. So you really put in in another point that it's important. You use one of those libraries and they have thousands of stars and thousands of contributors and and people that are looking into those eyes. There is no way a, a company that their main focus is not technology, that they will make so much investment into a library that mm-hmm. do only the React navigation. And it's just an example that you take. Yeah. It, but like, that's a reality. Why you invest like 100 people, 1,000 people like improving the navigation of your, React, like implementing from ground the React navigation, your main focus should be the business and, and the, the product, product the product that you are do- mm-hmm. using not the navigation yeah i believe that here we nicely tackle that it would be important for organizations to understand the power of community and that react native is about community so if you decide to go that way then it can really boost your efficiency and save your time because you have a set of tools that already out there and you can use them but then sometimes we hear from the organizations also some concerns so will this library will be maintained um or for example that they need legal approval to be able to implement certain library do you have any experience or example in from from that perspective um, yeah so in in working with there is always this concern of Oh, how we can use this library? What's the license, uh, and and who will be the maintainer? And and that, but that's historical reason. So in the past, you were licensing uh, a library from another company, and you were paying a subscription kind of fee, and they will take care of it over the versions. On the open source community, you use something, and maybe the the main maintainer took another job or decide that now he goes into rust and you don't have anyone. And and that's kind of for 
for companies that really invest into this library, then it's kind of, oh, what we can do on that side. And I always say the same, look, there is no problem because if there is no maintainer on that side, you can always take it and start maintaining it. And a long time ago, I was kind of maintaining one uh, Django library and I stopped maintaining and someone else uh, it's maintaining now. I mean, yeah, Django is not anymore something, <laughs> but <laughs> let's pause for that. But that's not the risk. And I always explain this. So you use, there is dynamic and definitely this will stop being maintained. But it doesn't really matter. There will be another one that will be maintained. And hopefully if you choose the right uh, libraries, and, and that's also important. Like when you are like taking open source, you need to look into that and like, do a bit of due diligence of like what you are using. It's not like, oh, I have this library, it's okay. No, you need to make this exercise. And and I think that's that's important piece. So it's an extra effort to begin with instead of uh, being a, a company that will like put this black box. But from the other side, if you have an issue, you go into the non-black box. You can, there is someone behind. There is always someone behind that you can like dynamically chat and and get engaged. You goes into conferences, you meet this person, you grab a drink, you hey, how you implemented this? Also, hmm. you look into oh, I will implement this in a different way or on my case, it doesn't work or the performance is low, and and you create this dynamic. And maybe he will say, oh no, I don't want like your pull request. Uh, but from a generic perspective, people are very nice and and they care to each other. I mean, I've never phase up a moment that if you approach someone nicely and hey I, I want these or I want to improve this part they say no I don't care well yeah. it's it's almost like you already pre-selected the people that are nice that are giving to the community because those people already gave right they already are engaged in helping others so it's not that stretch to uh, assume that they want to help like yeah and then it's important what jacob you mentioned that like once you go out there you attend some conferences some meetups you realize because sometimes it's not so obvious that you pick this library and then there are different enterprises also using that um but from github it's not always obvious who is actually using that library and then when we start talking with at Colstack, we had like recently similar experience with repack and library for here like implementing super apps uh, concept that once we started talking with people we realized there are huge enterprises from like finances fintech banking energy um mm -hmm. also healthcare using that concept and for those companies it also opened the arms okay maybe it's not an issue if this library will be maintained because now we see that other companies are also using it so it's actually backed up and something they haven't realized before they started talking with with other companies in the field. Yeah, and, and I think so. We as a human, I mean, we like to talk to each other and like make these interactions and and this part of community and and things that now COVID is gone and we can like get back to face to face. You talk to someone that has been like spending nights over nights on <laughs> on the, I mean, I mean nights and day and night and day over days and on those libraries and and you get this really dynamic of like oh what do you think and and you talk to as a peers this really enrich everyone it, it enrich uh, the the maintainer and it enrich uh, the the companies per se and 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 the other developers that are working on those companies so this is really good from 
from a sharing perspective and and also you upskill everyone like because they learned so much about other practices it's kind of uh boosted training on like, oh, how did he implemented this thing? Oh, that's really nice. Okay, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sharing is caring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love open source. But during the open source discussion, you said, uh, we touched briefly on um, employing people from community, like giving to the community, giving back, uh, having this... Um, image of a company that actually engages with community so that you can attract talent to your company. So I was wondering if you can give us some examples, some strategies of how to scale your internal team in large organization, in healthcare organizations, in your perspective. So we talk about like, we want to scale the team. We are 40 people uh, based into uh, years in a technology. And now suddenly there's someone new coming in and they said, oh, we are moving everything into React or React Native. And they say, oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, think think about this. Like, oh, I'm uh, I'm here. I'm a writer on a newspaper. And then suddenly they said, oh, you've been uh, bought by uh, Polish and now you will have to write your news in Polish. And I will say, oh, now what I have to do? Like, I don't have any learnings and anything. So the only thing I have to do, it's just go to other and say, let's do some those trainings on on the learning part. Mm -hmm. And that happens the same with the community part. So you can bring, I will bring some people that, that knows Poly, so some people that knows React Native and start hiring on that side. But the majority of people will need to learn through and by using the community and, and get like the expert that's been already there that maybe they don't want to work like full time into another product, but they will want to kind of advise you. It really helps to to make this learning everyone. So the ones that are uh, more on the native side or other like even other technologies in, in the past, I used to manage a team that was been implementing in Qt all the applications. And Qt by Qt, like the the traditional Qt from, from the 80s. So, and they end up learning new technologies and it, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's just that with this community, bringing these people, you create this dynamic of learning and and it's so rewarding for both sides mm -hmm. because you may say no the the person that is kind of uh been working on react native doesn't learn anything I mean, it's not true because oh i the, disagree there is kind of other patterns that they was not used to uh they are evolutions or like uh, from a business perspective there are things that are used to be in a, in a different way or like scaling problems so it's a it's a win-win situation and and the good thing is now this dynamic exists so there are a lot of people that are dedicated to open source and they they earn their salary just participating in, into into the community so that's not anymore the case in the past that was like some people that it's kind of their side job over overnight just dropping so this really helps a lot to to bring this talent and this knowledge in-house on full speed so i like how you started from example of having a native team like ios android native team and then trying to embrace new react native to the project and then having some external trainings maybe having some react native developers coming onto the team and then sharing knowledge I think that's that's quite common 
um, path to, to, to do. Um, and also, like the, the, with the sharing knowledge, you said that React Native developers, they don't like to, the, the perception is that they don't like to learn new things. Actually, I think in React Native teams, the possibilities to learn other things are much greater than in any other technology that I know. Because like when you have your team members that I've, uh, are Android native, iOS native, they can give back their knowledge to React Native people, the native knowledge. The React Native people can give back the web uh, JS knowledge to the native people. And all of them also can start figuring figuring out the processes that work on both platforms, the pipelines, uh, like the the spectrum of possibilities of knowledge sharing. I think it's greater in this like multi-language team than in any of the like singular language team. Yeah. Sorry for the tangent, but like I really like the subject that when I'm a React Native developer, my possibilities are much, much greater than in any other technology because I I have my hands in so many like different things, technologically speaking. And it's this concept and and joke about, but like about traveling. When you travel and you see other cultures and other people that speak other languages that has other ways of thinking, this diversity is so important for mm -hmm. the teams. And like by bringing people that come from different programming languages, different ways of working, it just creates a, a better team by design because everyone thinks differently and and to solve the problem there is on there is only there is no only one way and this creates this dynamic naturally and and i think that's why like people like to travel and and visit new cultures and taste the dumplings maybe <laughs> but that's that's a thing so this this React uh, React Native and native and even like people that has been working on C or like other uh, like local languages, you create a, a super good dynamic. Yeah, I'm gonna use your travel analogy the next time. I'm trying to explain why I like doing the React Native. I I really like this. But then when we think about these dynamics, so do you have any, for example, tips and tricks when it comes to effective collaboration in this environment and how to then coordinate the teams to work effectively? Yes, I mean, for, for me, and, and, and I think uh, that's that's very studied. So, and uh, on, and I will like to kind of think how, how you measure this and because at the end if you cannot measure you you end up like not being able to improve and and, and that, that so on on the game on the game theory there are three things to engage someone on a game and and i really like to compare like with uh, how it's on the work so for a game there are only three main things that people focus on the first thing is to have fun the second thing is to enter in a flow state quickly and the second thing is not be have a deception or like the frustration piece and and that also applies to how i push the teams to to get into these pieces if you have fun and you are really enjoying you learn more and you get there if you have into the flow you are just focusing and you get into the, like this main flow and you don't want to leave and you don't want like to go into do another thing the deception is like every time that you need to make a deal for example that we've been talking that it's two hours, you lose the flow and you get so disappointed, you go to a coffee and sometimes you even go home. And 
Yeah, and that's that's a, that's a main three things that uh, with this collaboration and this coordination we need to to make like all the teams to get into these main three things. Like from a company culture, it's where like we push into that side, really have fun, try to get into the flow as soon as possible, remove all the barriers for all the developers, get engaged with other communities, and not get deceptions, not uh, have to just oh uh, this this is not working. I will take me two days to make it happen, or like I need to make this build, or like oh I have a bug, or oh, I don't have a stack trace. How I have to solve it? So. These you bring the community, they have fun, they share other things, they they get into this flow, and the deception is lower. Because when I have a problem, I pin Stack Overflow, I pin uh, the maintainer, and they will help me solve. And if I have this trust, they will like quickly come back to me. And and this is kind of the three ingredients to to make this developer experience and like any employee experience really happy and enjoying their life. And at the end. We work so many hours that if you are not really enjoying and you are all day with deceptions and not getting the flow getting in and out, it doesn't work. And I think that nicely brings us to another topic that we wanted to discuss. So engaging with third parties, because to allow engineers to have fun, you first need to um, allow them to to grow and have comfortable environments. So we wanted to discuss with you this like mindset of bringing third parties on board, um, but with the approach, do it for me versus teach me and um, yeah, bringing this training on board and how to engage third parties in the way that really grows your team. So, and, and, and that's, that's part of like this uh, kind of 40, 50 people team versus eight people team, like in, in, in many, in, in, in many ways, the, the way you need to go through is by bring the right talent and train the right talent. But you don't want like to just uh, kind of put more people into it without really making sense of it. And we want people that like you bring like you bring the knowledge from the outside, you upskill your teams, and then you have your teams that they really care every day. And 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 that's something that I always push in. I don't want like outsource per outsourcing i i really want like people that are engaged that believe on the product that believe on what we are doing in healthcare it's easy because like really when what you are doing you really see that you are impacting people's lives it really matters it really matters and and like this is the dynamic you want like people that care like they are looking into one application and they say oh maybe i will need to improve this or they go to the supermarket and see someone that that is using your app and and you are like helping them improve their lives and and that's so impactful and and when you create this with third parties in many cases if they are learning and helping you upskill that's great if it's just kind of this is the conflict of interest if it's just people that like it's an hourly rate kind of thing on like more hours then you don't get this good dynamic because the other third party just wants to to get more hours. So it doesn't really matter if it's good or bad. When you bring people on board that wants to make, like it's on success story, you upskill all the team. And I think that's, that's the dynamic that we need to really break in some organizations. It's about like, we want to make everyone better at work and and get this this better flow, you know, like, yeah, I guess I guess it's all about goal setting, right? If the goal is I hire you 
you create this particular piece for me, then you will give me this piece of the application. But if I hire you and we together are going to create the best piece possible and you will teach me how to do it on the way, then I can make the next piece myself, maybe with some oversight from your side. And then I can make the third piece myself altogether and maybe also teach some of my other developers of how to do it. And, and that's the dynamic. If you if you don't create how you are describing, what happens is that you end up having people that doesn't know how to do things on top of outsourcing people that will do things. So, and I've, I've been in other organizations that uh, mostly some of the employees were just managing outsource. They were not really doing the work. And, and then you have these dependents that, you never break you and the people are frustrated because they are not doing things and and the others are are really just uh, oh i need to just to do more hours so there is no this care of of the product of what you are doing and the sense of the sense of belonging that we are talking about the community and I, and I think this needs to be clear from the very beginning what do you want like what i want like how i want to learn how this is dynamic and thinking about long term goals right so having your team really maintain that because sometimes in the short term, it may look like bringing software agency may be the faster way because you bring your your product faster. Um, when your development exceeding the hiring possibilities, then it's a faster way. But then when thinking more of a software consultancy, you're thinking of where you want to go with that third party. And I think that's very much what also we stand for. So how we can enable really the team of the clients that we work with, not really doing the job for them, but doing it together. And I think that's important for also many companies to have in mind the end goal that they want to reach. Because I also know some companies that they started outsourcing and then at the end they woke up and they had like 70 or 80% of the development team actually outsource. And then they start thinking what we can do with it. Um, so then they started training and looking for higher in-house. So sometimes it's better to have it. I think always is better to have it first in mind. I think this is changing. So I, I remember like when I started my own business in 2011, but one of the first like digital health companies it was not called that way. And uh, at the very beginning, we were like building our own SaaS product. And suddenly we realized that the door-to-door -door was super hard. Like we're like super small company going to doctors, doctor, do you want to use my online cloud cloud solution? And it was not really on cloud. So it was on soft layer that it's dead ready. So it's really like, and, and we realized that um, the industry wanted to start getting digitalized. So I started talking to pharma industry and it's how I enter into this part. And, and they were like, oh, that's perfect. You can develop. We don't want the source code. We don't want the data. Can you bring me just one report? And it's how I end up like building this, this solution for like the industry to be able to create their dashboards and create their technology without they didn't want anything. Because at that time, it was just uh, for a purpose. Like I want the metrics of the report. Now things have shifted. Everyone, like, it's kind of, oh, we really need to build those resources in-house. We need to mm -hmm. make a product. It's, it's a product now. It's not anymore like I'm doing a service for something. And, and I think that's important for, for everyone and uh, to, to, to get into, into this mindset. What do you want to do? And also for the developers, when 
when you're hiring, there are people that want to be part of a big thing. Mm-hmm. And and when I interview, they say like, what's your like outreach rate? What it's a product or you are part of a a marketing like just a, a launch of something there. So that's that's a big difference. And I think that's I mean it there is there is a, for there is everything it's valid, but like we need to differentiate those pieces. Now I had two, but now I have three perspectives from higher uh, for hiring third party. One is upskilling your team because you want your team to grow. The second one is the risk in your project uh, to your stakeholders because you want to invest in something new that your team has never done before. So you employ someone that is expert in their field that can give you assurance that your product will deliver, will work, and will work best. And then the third thing that you just mentioned, which is, I, I didn't previously, is that when you are hiring for your internal team, you want to show them that, yes, we have the quality in-house. Yes, we have a training in-house. We have a we have good product. So from those three perspectives, what is your strategy? What is the criteria of choosing that third partner? So it's super hard to build a, a new team from scratch when you are like building a new technology, because when you interview the first person that will work into that technology, you say to this person, hey, you will be the first one. There is nothing there. <laughs> it will be painful. And by the way, your code has a legacy of like 10 years. Uh, and enjoy. Like no one will take this job. I mean... Maybe some people I will take it because yeah, I, I'm, I I was going to say that sounds incredible to be sounds honest. Sounds like a challenge. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a challenge. But like the reality is that sometimes it's like oh, where I'm going, I have a a nice job in another company. Why I will like move there, and and then you need to convince. But like by bringing like some extra knowledge and have some basis, you you get some extra power into the community side and and that's important dynamic until you end up growing it takes time on on that side and just they riskify the person that is more the first person when they are like 10 the dynamic is different but like the the first 10 it's it's hard to to get there and i think like getting third parties to help on that and also boost the the people that are in house that are eager to learn new things and and move there it just gets this good dynamic to to build on top. Reality, and, and I think that's important. Like, the company, you you want to build a new product or like refactor the current product in a new technology. We're not going to say to the, all the people that are in the company, "Hey, goodbye," and you take a new one. I mean, there are like some companies that do that, but like that's not like my philosophy or like our philosophy and care of people and. And by caring, you need to bring them to the next level and uh, you need to train, you need to put the their right people and and you need to be transparent to your partner. Say, hey, you are not here for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. It's just an engagement of X amount of time. We want to work together to learn these. Those are the challenges that some, we know how to solve it in another way, others, we want your point of view because we've been so deep into that project that we don't know. Like this perspective, help us. And by the way, I'm growing. This is a perspective. There will be opportunities to get there. And and I think this is this is a good beginning to start uh, this kind of a relationship of like, 
hey, how we work together, also for the people that uh, you are onboarding and hiring. Hey, we are like transforming, we are getting there. These people are helping on our side. We have other people that are learning. Nothing is perfect. And then this is the nice challenge to be because you feel like, oh, I, I'm part of a, something big. There is uncertainty. Also, people like, and it's not everything is legacy. So we are building new things. So I will be able to put my opinion and test new stuff. That it's And coming. I have support, right? So they know that there's someone that can show them the way. They can ask questions too and can help them just lead the way. That's that's a reality. It's it's really sad to work alone into a problem for days without really finding a solution. And to be fair, like when you have a building problem of a library, you can spend your life there. Like <laughs> if imagine that you like imagine that you cannot check online or like anyone if there is a build problem on Note. Because now there, your Node version uh, on your laptop has upgraded via Brio, and you have just uh, one that breaks all your libraries. If you are alone there and you are not able to, mm -hmm. to share with others, this disappointment part that we were talking and like the flow, it's close to zero because you are all day on the like. No the fun there. No <laughs> fun. That's really no fun. <laughs> But the disappointment, you really like. What I have to do, and like yeah. by bringing like someone to say, oh no, like I went through this before, so I already spent 10 hours. Just check this, yeah. part and you will get there. And no one is able to debug every single library in your code base. Yeah, I I wanted to do a follow up to this. So the question was, how do you pick and choose the right third party? The the follow up question to that would be, what are your criteria, KPIs, like milestones to um, to figure out, to check along the way if that third party choice was the right choice or maybe you don't work well together. So normally when I, when I choose, and it's the same as employees, everything is the same. So I want to see how they are contributing. So I go, every candidate, I always check into their GitHub account. If they don't have a GitHub account, for me, uh, I just yeah. cannot evaluate. Because like by an interview, I can get soft skills. We can do some technical part. But how is your work? I mean, the same as what we are interviewing a designer. They have like their, their designs and their portfolio. So a developer, we look into the code. And a partner, we look into their code. And, and we look into how they are doing, how they are structuring. Think about this. So if you are publishing something, normally you want to shine. I mean, you don't publish kind of badly things. So you look into their code, you, you know what they are doing, like how they are structured. If it's not structured, and this is their public version of themselves, imagine what they do in-house. <laughs> in private. Yeah, yes. so that's that's a thing. That's a, that's a basic thing. So you look into the code, yeah. then you try to meet this person face-to-face -face because at the end, you need to work. And I always have one, one single rule when I interview someone, and uh, same for the partners, If you cannot have a drink with this person, see a coffee or a beer or whatever, this will not work because we talk about communication. Yeah. There is a lot of stress on like on the day to day, like there are things that uh, breaks, there are deadlines. You need to be able to say to someone, Hey, this is not working. Let's go see. And then later just have dinner or just have fun. And, and that's the dynamic that we want. Like we want like good code, good structure, clean, that it's sharing to the community and this personal part. 
if these two things match together, you have 90% of the job. Mm-hmm. Then it's about same objectives. And and that's something that you openly share yours, they openly share theirs. And if it's a match, it's a match. If it's not a match, I mean, you, you need to be not afraid of saying no. Mm-hmm. Won't work later. And and this is something I've learned like so many times hardly that someone you kind of met a partner and you say like, oh gosh, I'm not sure. And then not sure says, okay, it doesn't matter. I have no time. I have no more uh, time to search and, and you take it. Later it never works. And and that's mm-hmm. kind of Yeah. And that's my internal rule. If I have like this more like thinking that it won't work, it's a no for a partner. I mean, for a partner, for uh, for someone that you're interviewing, anyone. Like, if anyone on my team like has a, mm, the, mm, it's it's very binary. It's kind of yeah. yes or no, and and you do an and and you get the result. I guess what you just said is very much um, connected with the way of work that we described. We are communicating, we are upskilling, we are working together. If you would be hiring someone to do this one particular work that needs to be a black box and here are your inputs and here are your outputs and I know that you are a genius in this particular work, maybe I don't care how well you communicate. I hire you to do just this one thing. But if this is going to be a relationship and if we are going to communicate on a daily basis with like work environment, it's from my perspective, it's I'd rather have a very well person that communicates very well, but knows 80 percent than person that knows 99 percent, but has huge problem with communication. I I mean, I fully agree. I mean, learning a new thing it's just a skill that it's about hours. So it doesn't matter if you know React Native or nothing. You can learn it in a weekend. Like that, the reality is this one. You will not be like expert. You will have to go more to Stack Overflow to go into some questions. I mean, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The important is to know how to work as a team and this communication part. And, and that's something that it's so important. There is no problem that one single person can really solve about it. I mean, which is so complex and, and the apps that we are doing are so many functionalities, things, there is no one that can know everything or like one black box. So you need like people that really likes to work as a team and and that's a, that's important piece and as a team internal, external, it doesn't matter, but like a team. So these 80%, you really describe very well like we don't want like a 99.9, like superstar alone that writes his code and no one else knows how to read it. Like this one mm-hmm. line that uh, he thinks he's, comp- yeah. he's compressing his code and obfuscating. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we don't want this. Um, so I guess what we've discussed until now is like large organizations in general but I know that you have a lot of experience in medical uh, applications in particular. So I would like to spend the 
last portion of this episode to maybe talk a little bit about that. Okay. Yeah. So medical devices and medical application and pharmaceuticals, those are very heavy, like legal guarded areas that needs to be really um, very well built, let's say, very in short. So how do, what are the challenges? What are the considerations of building those kind of things in general and in particular with React Native? So in in healthcare and, and, and where I like uh, work and, and it's part of my passion, I think there is an important piece about the risk. So what happens if something fails? What's the implication? And, and we spend all day measuring this. What's the impact of a bug or we call it even a defect? So what's this impact? So can we harm someone? So that, that's kind of the risk. So if you make a mistake in another application into the gaming and I mean, you are playing and uh, it doesn't save, I mean, yeah, it's very disappointing, but nothing happens. So maybe you crash your your controller to the window. That could be. In healthcare, what you are doing, it can really impact uh, lives for positive or negative. You need to make sure and really test things will be working the way that you designed to be working. And all the all the day we spend like, I want to do this. Is this functionality acting as I expect? And then the challenge is, is as I expect in all the devices, operating systems, places, in all edge cases. So that's kind of how React and we really focus on like how to make sure this is kind of always giving the same result. Okay. So are you saying that like in general, there is a large emphasis on testing then? Testing, assuring to, I mean, there is always fixes to do. And, and you know, like you have multiple releases and I think that's also why we invented the semantic release because like if mm -hmm. you put the 3.1.1, it feels like, oh, it's just a minor fix. But at the end, they are always like doing uh, those fixes. So there is a big emphasis on test automation. There is a big emphasis on like, uh, re like it's not just a pull request. You really read the code and make sure that things are going. When we when we make a a package and we upgrade a package, we really look into it and what is this person going through. And that also reminds me an importance of open sourcing. And I can go through the through this uh, new release and go through the changes that this person has done into the library, exactly the lines that he has added and evaluate oh. if this, this will add value to me or maybe will break. So internally, we are always thinking on like, it's not just package update. You go into the package, which is the version, how this will play with the other ones. And then depending on, on the on the update, you need to do different type of testing and, and automate. On our case, it's even more challenging because we have a we have a device so we have a like a physical thing i have it here so you have a physical thing so each ple has a different flavor each nfc has a different one each phone they say things and they do others in in and i'm not blaming manufacturers but <laughs> this is this is life i mean now there is a new ios version coming we don't know what will happen so all these pieces you need to play into 
tons of libraries that you use because nowadays we maybe you use like you import 300 libraries for 100 doesn't matter like there is uh, hundreds of libraries that you need to check plus the code that you test you need to automate all these pieces and and react really helps and it's not just not breaking it's also performance if you are like using the app and it takes like 20 seconds to open is disappointing I mean, yeah. not to say other things. But then what we understand is Healthcare, when you look at performance also, that the users um, here, like because app, it's really about the healthcare. So I guess they also, the difference if it's opens really like 20 seconds on 19, it's not so important that, for example, in different businesses, um, as for example, we work with betting companies where they're like every second, really counts uh, for their business and how I understand with healthcare, of course, performance is important because um, it is for everyone nowadays when you want to smoothly open your app. Um, but would that be right to say that then because it's about your health, you can wait a bit longer to get the right results and for, for users, what is also very important to know that the data is secured and that they get, will get the right results. So I, I will say like in React um, nowadays, and if you do the things correctly, performance, it's enough for any application. We are not talking about like milliseconds uh, or like things that not even the eye can perceive. That's clear. Like if you are like developing a, a class three medical device that has like something that it's a nanosecond that will impact your uh, heartbeat, then in this case, you will maybe you will not develop in React and you will like do on on C or maybe yeah. you will do an assembler because you're like just getting into that side. But in most of the cases with React Native, you get the right performance and you don't even per perceive. And everyone needs to understand like their use case and 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 that's definitely the case. But for us, we are streaming data real time, not real time, but like mostly real time. And with React, we we get the right flow and. And we spend obviously a lot of time because it's a lot of data and, and you need to make sure that the app is not clunky and you just don't see your yeah. grab like going this way slow. But it's really good. I mean, there is no, we don't see a difference between native and non-native, even like the volumes of data. And we have some, and the good thing of React also, if there are things that are not performing as you expected, you build your native component on it and you're good to go. And it's not enough in native, you can do it in C. Yeah, I think it's very important what you tackled here that React Native really allows you a great performance of the app. And what we sometimes observe that there are big companies, enterprises coming to us with performance issues. But when we really dig deeper, we find out that it's actually a setup issue. Um, because when they were making a decision regarding technology, they sometimes didn't go fully within React Native, but um, investing in a hybrid setup, um, brand approach, um, and because of the complexity, there are the performance issues that then, um, when they're thinking what to do with them, as you mentioned, they, they try native screens and they, it's really, really complex app that brings us back to the topic of really, and um, then complexity for developers and, very long building time. So I think that's nicely really connects every, everything that we discussed uh, today here together. I think simplicity is the key. And, and, and we need to understand that like if 
you get like an architecture that it's cumbersome and people like start like mixing technologies and things and it's crazy complex and you get there and you don't know where like to oh this button okay they will need to write it in thrift and the other part it's in react and the other part it's in another language oh by the way i have this this is an iconic and just charge like something on top it gets where it gets a disaster and it happens i mean it happens a lot because it's kind of oh we have this one and then we we don't want to transition but like if you step out and that's that's the important part to step out look what you have uh, and say look this makes no sense instead of just uh, investing on like patch over patch over patch just clean it up and rethink in the rag way or rethink into your and it, the rag way or your other technology but just step back what you've learned go to other best practices like go to the online and check what other people are doing and just rethink about like your architecture and I, and i think that's the role of architects it's like step out and like look into what's this and how i can this i remember like i, I was in an, uh, in an application a long time ago i was like oh it's very slow i don't know what to find one and they were like how oh, about we implemented redux and it was not like it was crazy like the way that like will sending matches they, they have so many subscribers that more subscribers into the app that app downloads i mean it was like really like and then it's like oh i don't know like this really work and i said yes but like you change one line and it self-changed like hundreds of things that they are not even visible and you are enforcing to mm-hmm. change it so those are the things that react can solve obviously you, you you need to know that but you don't have those problems of performance and at least uh, i mean in in the general practice also man that's also the mindset that we want to promote so very much this reverse conway law so for the companies to really think about the structure of the software the structure of architecture just firstly break down silos and then adjust to your organization not the other way around so to really have then allow for this simplicity and have the end goal in mind um, and think about that way. Yeah. I think if, if people are like, as we said, like if you're having fun and and you are taking care of the product, you get improvements and there is always this dynamic, oh, I, I think I can do this better. And you and you take this and as a team, you cover each other because you know, like you don't want like, people doesn't want to have a problem on a Saturday night. So if you do the right things over the week, then on the Saturday you have less issues, and and that's definitely the case in in this uh, dynamic of collaboration, of caring of each other. All these kind of not I will always say like naturally solve when like you have teams that cares to each other, they all work into making this happen. Like performance improve, testing improve, quality of the code improve, uh, happiness inside the company improves people are more engaged you have mm-hmm. less rotation everything gets better just by like and i will not say just for one technology but like making this ecosystem of caring of people that brings this joy of like oh i really want to go to work because now i have a good problem and i'm seeing that i'm impacting millions of people yeah um on the topic uh still of medical applications of technology how important it is for you to 
pick the right technology that is mature. How how would you rate the React Native maturity in terms of like um, medical applications on like other applications as well? That's a that's a really good question. So now I mean now React Native it's kind of trending. Everyone everyone knows. So I would say it's easy. I remember on 2017, I was like, oh, let's move into React Native. And people like, like, it's only a five years technology. <laughs> are are you crazy? Like, what is React Native? Like, they don't have like 10 years. Where you will find, like, the big question normally is where you will find 10 years of experience of React Native. And I said, there is no, there is no one. Yeah. I mean, five years. I mean, maximum you have like five years and then it's kind of, the founder kind of thing. And nowadays it's as lot of companies are using it, it's easy to choose. But normally for me, when I choose one new technology, and so the reality is that there will be other technologies. And we all know that like React is one thing now. It's one of the things that it's kind of straightforward to use it. New things are coming. It may be, it may, it may surpass or they may die. Like it's kind of the rule as always. You need to choose like, Normally look into what are the products that are building, how it's supported from a community. So if it's one single person, uh, I will not take the risk. I will may I will take it for my personal website. That's yeah. definitely the case. Yeah, yeah. I have probably company I will not take the risk. And then see a bit the projection. I always embrace like play around with it. So don't jump into a like one year project or two years project without really prototyping and and ask your developers how you feel like going through it. So you do one prototype, you talk to the community, go to a few conferences now that you can do. YouTube is amazing. They're like, you can learn anything. So chat there, get some performance, compare. Now you even like maybe in a, now not, but maybe in a year you can ask chat GPT how to get one versus the other ones and you will get a, a nice report. So mm -hmm. get your research and and it needs to fit your problems. And I think that's where, like, here we were talking about, like, what you want to accomplish, what are the tools that you want to make it happen, and then you're old, five years old, or, like, it's 20 years old, about the tool. I mean, you all And if I mean, no, that's serious. Like, they are, like, super modern knives yeah. and all these <laughs> Are you using those or like you are using the traditional knife? Yeah, I'm using my favorite knife. I have like probably two different knives that I use for all of the things. But they are like, they are like hundreds of different types of shapes. Yes. And yeah. you you made this silo, I only cook with two or I cook with 20. And in the technology is the same. Make your own research and, and mm. decide. And it's what I do. Like I always test new things. I spend a lot of time testing in, in new stuff. In I mean, uh, I fly a lot. And uh uh, for example, I downloaded Rust and I played through the plane on Rust in one way. And then I said, oh, that's interesting or interesting or like whatever. And and you do those prototypes. And, and that's the important piece of like these things. Whatever like people are saying on on YouTube about, oh, this is the best technology. You need to move to this new one. They don't have your problem. Like you need to see what's your problem, how it's solving. Mm -hmm. Hopefully what we've been discussing today helps you like get into a better kind of thinking on like, oh, it looks like, oh, we have the similar problem. Maybe it will help me. Or maybe it's like, oh, I don't have this problem. I have another one and I want like a, a pixel perfect. Maybe React is not the thing for you. It's yeah. just problem first, what you want to solve and then see how you solve it.
Yeah, like, like you were saying about the medical devices that you need like millisecond of delay, then you go into assembly if you can. Uh... I mean, in in my previous life, I was working detecting uh, uh, liver cancers. You don't use React for that. You're such an impressive man. <laughs> you you don't use React for that. I, like the visualization was React, but like normally you you normally use Python. You want like to mm -hmm. process yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. Uh, peel images, and on on liver cancer, like the tumors are slow progressing, so you cannot use React for that. I mean, it's I mean yeah, you can do JavaScript and you can do that. Mm -hmm. Someone will like put in the comments. Yes, you can do. There is this library. Yeah, sure, but like millions of images, high volume, then you solve the problem differently. And that's that's the thing. So in healthcare, there are so many things that you can do. If you are programming, for example, a valve, you will not like run a React application over there. Mm -hmm. Or for example, if you are doing a pump and they have their operating system, yeah, yeah. it makes no sense. Yeah, so you, you decide. In some cases, I mean, to be fair, there are people that are experimenting with JavaScript over that. But like, it really depends. For the majority of apps on the healthcare, like for the majority of apps that are on a, on a personal phone, like the apps that like more on the medical device that are more customer uh, oriented, if it's on a on a customer phone or a patient phone, then it's it's really good. I mean, yeah, if it has a screen, you can put React on it. Yes. Yeah. In uh, even in in the HCP, so in, in the doctor's office, if they have this screen, you can put React on it. Um, and in some cases, you can even like uh, make nice visits. So it, it really depends on, on the dynamic, what you want to do. React is very oriented on visual part. So mm -hmm. if you are not doing visuals, or UI part, then it doesn't, then it doesn't work. But you can do some patterns. So that's the that's case. Yeah. Uh, I think I would like to end on this. Uh, I think it, it's a really nice wrap. I will briefly summarize what we discussed today. So together with Jacob and Ada, uh, we mix technology and business perspectives on working with React Native in general and in healthcare companies in particular. So we discussed breaking silos, uh, running agile transformations, scaling teams, and working with open source. Uh, in short, if you are looking for some tips and tricks of how to tackle organizational issues with React Native, especially in healthcare. Uh, so we have just recorded a must watch for you. Thank you so much, Ada. Thank you so much, Jacob. It's been a pleasure to talking with you. Thank you everyone uh, who listened to us and uh, check out more episodes that we have in this series when we mix business and technology in our other series uh, when we talk about React Native in particular. Uh, subscribe to our newsletter and I hope to see you both on React Native EU 2023 in Wrocław in two months uh, in the beginning of September. Are you coming? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, maybe I stay here. Okay. <laughs> if you want to uh, discuss some more healthcare organizational uh, topics with Jacob, come to Wrocław uh, in early September for a React Native EU con conference. Thank you so much. Bye.